Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back again. So happy that you kind of sign in and catch up with us every week. This week is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be kind of a retrospective and kind of a personal story as well for Stephanie and I. You both know, if you've listened to our first episode, that we both are grievers like you. Um, I have in my lifetime, I have lost first my father, then an infant child who was a a baby that I never saw. Then I lost my mother. And more recently, and next month, it will be four years, I lost my husband. I kind of hate to say lost because I know where they all are. (laughs) I haven't really misplaced them. But we often use words that are a little more comfortable to say than the word die or death. So today, We don't have a guest, but Stephanie and I thought we might catch you up on some of the episodes that we have done, some of the topics we have covered, and some experience for me, probably more than Stephanie, on some of the methods or treatments that we covered that I have tried myself, my response to them, and kind of where my grief journey has gone over the last year. So let's get going. Stephanie, we started back in November 2020, and the first things we did was kind of define grief. And I think in that definition, we came across several conclusions. The -hmm. first one I think that hit me the most was, I'll probably grieve, as most of us will, for the rest of my life. Right. And I I think that it's, it's such a simple statement, but I think that you don't really realize that until... You've heard it and it sinks in for a second. Exactly. Exactly. And I didn't really even start to understand grief until I ran across that quote, which the last line is, grief is love with no place to go. Right. And I thought that's exactly what it feels like. You know, Mm -hmm. I still love my parents. I love the baby that I never got to hold. I, I love Tom. Right. I just don't have any, there's no object for me to bestow that love on. So that's really what grief is. So I hold that that love inside me. Mm -hmm. Another premise or truth, I guess, about grief is that it's unique for everyone and for every instance. Right. Everyone handles it so differently too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, um, not to kind of get sidetracked, but like the laughter part or the joking part. Yeah. I feel like you know, I've done it before and that's my way of, okay, so I'll be completely honest. My son doesn't get that, that, (laughs) that like Neil and I can laugh about things or make light of things. And that's kind of our way of healing. And he doesn't get that. And, you know, I think it's a, maybe it's a generational thing. I have no idea. Maybe it's just because my husband and I are just sarcastic people. Like I don't really know, but that's just how any negative in my life, I always try to find the positive. I always try to kind of laugh at something because that's, I don't know, that just is what kind of lifts me up a little bit. Cause I just, I don't want to feel that down, but. Right. 
I, I think it's a way of coping. Right. And a way of helping you adapt so that you can maintain your composure. Exactly. So and that's what we were telling my son is that, you know, you're kind of laughing about it or joking or whatever. But then when you're by yourself, you're going to probably all out cry because then all of a sudden it hits you that exactly. you miss them or what, you know, if it, we've also learned that it doesn't have to be a death by someone exactly. you've loved. It's right. something in your life. It could be divorce. It could be regrets of not carrying through with something, loss of a job, anything. Right. And it's always going to hit you later, even though you might make light of it. It'll hit you later and you're going to feel that, that cry and let it out. Yeah. And, you know, and I think we've grown through this podcast, too, because I remember the first time we laughed or first time I laughed in the podcast, I almost did a self-check and said, oh, wait, that's not going to be. I know. Well. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? It's a fact of life. And right. I do the same thing as well. Right. So someday, um, someday he'll get it. Someday yeah. he'll get it. Yeah. It, it will just. And, and again, it's, it's a way of coping. Right. So it's unique for everyone. It's also unique depending on who it is that died. Sure. For me, it's been different with each instance of grief I have encountered. Mm -hmm. uh, the most devastating, of course, is the death of Tom. Right. And I think it's because we had planned together for so many things we wanted to do in the future. Right. And now there's kind of, we also talked about this double whammy mm -hmm. where it will affect me that I'm not going to get to experience any of those events, any of those things we planned for. Right. But also he's not going to experience some of these things. Right. He's not going to experience, for example, a grandchild of his graduating high school. Right. I think of Nathan with his passion now for playing electric guitar. Absolutely. I mean, Tom would be all over that most likely, and he'd probably want to sing along to him playing. <laughs> and just, just the music background, you know, because right. Tom knew a lot of that history and everything. Right. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that one, but that's a perfect example. Perfect yeah. example. Uh, we also, way back in December of 2020, did an episode on COVID and grief. And that speaks to your reminder, if you will, that grief is not just about losing someone through death. Right. And we all know how COVID has impacted us all. Yeah. It's been horrendous uh, as far as the losses in our lives we've all experienced. Yeah. And probably the biggest one is the loss of that social interaction. Yeah. Both for kids in school and play dates. Right. And going to the mall or to the movies together, as well as our own, you know, weddings, significant events. Yeah. That people would have well, Thanksgiving dinners and things. COVID has had a huge impact. And even two and a half years later, here we are still kind of going through it. And, exactly. you know, we've kind of gotten back to um, weddings and get togethers and hanging out. But there's that. I still hear family or friends who are saying, oh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I wanted to get together with my parents, but they wanted us to take a test beforehand to make yeah. sure we were negative because, you know, they're more at risk. Right. We never, it was, you know, you could just drop of a hat. Oh, I'm going to go hang with my friends or, right. you know, and you just, it has to be more of a plan now yeah, to, to get together. Yeah, you know, so much of spontaneity. Right. Even right. giving somebody a hug. Yeah. Yeah, we used to love after a get together, you know, everybody yeah. get a hug on their way out the door. Yeah. And now you're almost afraid even to shake their hand. Right. Well, and even, even, this is going to sound selfish, but even vacations. <laughs> We we go to Florida every year, and I haven't been to Florida for one of our family vacations in three years. 
well, because sure. of COVID, you know, yeah. it's yeah. fingers crossed we get to go in April. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking you will. The numbers are down. It's looking yeah. much better in, in our area. Yep. So we kind of did an exploration initially about grief and what it was and what it meant. And then we started to kind of delve into different perspectives and some things or treatments or modalities or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. that might help people in their grief. One of the most beautiful that we talked about that still speaks to me is an episode we did back in January 2021. And we called it Grief Shatters Us, Yet We're More Beautiful. And I was talking about that Kintsugi perspective. Yeah. Um, in Japan, I believe it is, the way back in history, and I wish I had learned this in history, mm-hmm. if there was a piece of pottery or porcelain or something that was broken, they wouldn't do what we do now, pick it up, throw it away. Right. They would take it and they would actually put it back together. They wouldn't hide the seams like right. we, we might want to do, but they would use a gold liquid adhesive mm-hmm. and they would put it back together, but it would have all of these beautiful gold lines in it. Right. So for us, that Kintsugi perspective we apply to people in grief. We're kind of broken. Right. We're kind of shattered. But we can kind of put all those pieces back together, redefine ourselves, reclaim our lives, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we can go forward at some point as beautiful or even more beautiful because of the way we've been put back together. Right. And the love and support and enjoyment or excitement, mm-hmm. enthusiasm as we move forward. Yeah. And I find myself thinking of that Kintsugi perspective a lot. Yeah. A lot. I read other comments on Facebook or something like that about people. I just want to say, oh, but you're going to be so much, so much better than you are right now. Yeah. It's eventually they'll look back and find, see the strength that they had to make it through and keep keep going through, through their process. Yep. Exactly. Uh, In February 2021, we talked about writing through Mm -hmm. grief. Now, I'm a writer anyway, Mm -hmm. so this one was easy for me. Right. But I remember you, Stephanie, saying, I don't write. Nope. (laughs) You thought at one point, though, that you might get a journal. And I think it was as much the idea that you could go shopping and buy something pretty. Um, Yeah. But did did you ever do that? So I did buy a journal. Um, I want to say I bought it maybe three, four months ago. It is still currently okay. empty. Okay. Right. I, um, uh, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It has always been something that I've wanted to do just to, you know, I should carry it with me and just write things down. But, you know, the life of a mom who has two teenage yeah. boys and we're busy and I just feel like I, I kind of battle, you know, talking about, we talk about self-care a lot. I kind of battle with, do I want to do this or do I want to just take 30 minutes to myself before bed because I need to unwind for the day? So I usually choose that 30 minutes of unwinding. Um, right. That's about all I seem to have the strength for. <laughs> I, I understand that. I get that. You yeah. know, of course, it would be easier for me to understand because I know you so well. Yeah. And, and I know everything that's kind of going on in your life. So right. yeah, you do need that downtime. Yeah. For me personally, I write better 
in the earlier part of the day. Okay. If I start writing at night before bed, I'm probably going to be up. Yeah. That's the other thing is I feel like it would start, it would, that's my hard part is going to sleep is calming my brain down because it'll keep going and going and going. So exactly. And, and for people that want to try writing, but don't know where to start, there are a number of what they call writing prompts Mm -hmm. out there. There are books out there filled with them. I know Megan Devine's new book, mm-hmm. um, and the title escapes me at the moment, but you all know Megan Devine. She's the one that wrote It's Okay That You're Not Okay, right. one of my very favorite books on grief. She has a new one that has some writing prompts in it. And a writing prompt can be as simple as think of one memory of the person who died that you love that makes you smile. Mm-hmm. For me, and I know everybody's heard this, what would it be? It'd be hot sauce <laughs> because Tom loved hot sauce. Right. And uh, in about uh, three weeks, four weeks, I have a cruise coming up to the Caribbean. And Tom and I went there a couple of times. And every time he had to buy another carry on bag because it would be filled with hot sauce on his way back. And then we had to, of course, buy bubble wrap and everything to carry it on the plane. You don't want that uh, to spill in your luggage. <laughs> no, no, no. But he would get so excited when he saw hot sauce that he had never seen before. And it was the label as much as anything. And at one point, even, I had a whole shelf filled with the labels facing forward. And it was it was quite a nice piece of artwork, right? if I do say so myself. <laughs> Most of the bottles, actually, in all truth, he never opened. (laughs) But he had them. So hot sauce for me will always make me smile. So you can write about something like that. I could probably fill, I don't know, three or four pages talking about hot sauce and my memories of Tom. So writing is a great way sometimes to get those thoughts that are in the back of your head out of your brain on paper. So that you can put other thoughts in your head. Right. Thoughts maybe of taking better care of yourself or moving forward, Mm -hmm. something like that. Megan Devine's new book is How to Carry What Can't Be Fixed, A Journal for Grief. There you go. I know I have a copy of it. I just haven't uh, delved into it yet. But she is one of my very favorite authors. We have tried to get her as a guest on our podcast. Mm -hmm. I have not yet given up. Right. We but won't she's, give she's up. a very busy lady. She's a very busy lady, as you might expect. Yeah. We uh we talked about children and grief. Mm-hmm. And in that discussion in March of twenty twenty one, we talked with Kendall Lanning, mm-hmm. who had written a beautiful book, The Fox and the Feather. I think of that book all the time. I do too. <laughs> and I've actually gifted this book several times. Yeah. Um for For me especially, and I think for Stephanie too, it's almost like it was written with us in mind because the fox, of course, is one of the main characters. And the book that I wrote and published back in, I think, 2003 now, that long ago, Mm -hmm. was Fox in the Box. And it was my memoir of being a ticket seller in the carnival with Stephanie about uh, age three and a half. And her younger sister, Kelly, a newborn on the carnival and then growing from there. So I've always looked at a fox as being especially meaningful to me. Right. Spirit animal. I don't know, maybe, (laughs) but I get excited every time I see one. I think it's a sign. Right. And of course, the feather is the feather of a cardinal. Mm -hmm. And the cardinal was very, very special to my mother, Stephanie's grandmother. Right. 
And every time I see Cardinals, I think of her immediately. Oh, yeah. And I know Stephanie does as well. Oh, yeah. I know Stephanie. Well, we have we have two pairs of Cardinals that are always in our backyard. And yeah. it was on Christmas Day. It was funny because I Neil was on the phone, I think, talking to his parents. And I happened to look out the back window where a Christmas tree was. And there, there was the female sitting there. And then the male's always nearby. And she sat there for the longest time. And even AJ yeah. came up to the window and I said, AJ, look, I said, that female Cardinal's sitting there. And he goes, oh, that's Gigi. So, oh, that, how sweet. Yeah. So, how sweet. yeah, we always, we see them all the time every day. So she's yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. We spent a fair amount of time um, in May, in spring of 2021, talking about signs. And I had never really thought much about it mm -hmm. up to that point. I think the Cardinal, of course, that was the primary one. Right. But once I started really thinking about it, there were other things too. Mm -hmm. Something that maybe all of a sudden I had been looking for and I could find it. And I know with Tom, he had a habit of putting things where they didn't belong <laughs> and never remembering where he had put it. Right. So for me, that was kind of a sign like, oh, all right, it's not just Tom right. because I don't remember putting the scissors there, <laughs> but, you know, there they were. And Brian Smith, who joined us for that yep. episode, he talked also about finding a coin here or there, yeah. how um, the lights may flicker on and off. Right. And he just talked about being open yeah. to signs and being accepting of them. Right. And trying to discern whether it's coincidence mm -hmm. or whether it might be a sign. And ever since then, I have found myself being a little bit more alert and a little bit more attuned yep. to, is there a sign or is it just coincidence? Right. How about you? I've always believed in the everything happens for a reason. And I think uh -huh. since then, you know, I in the beginning, I wouldn't have thought of things like that as a sign. I would probably just stick to the cardinal thing because that's what grandma always, you know, grandma thought the cardinal sign was her husband coming to visit her. Right. So, right. um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of coins and I guess when I see a coin, I'm just like, Oh, if it's heads up, it's good luck. I wouldn't think of it as a sign. Um, mm -hmm. but in the lights flickering. So I think now it just kind of opened up my eyes to see the other side. And when something mm -hmm. like that happens, I kind of think for a second, like, Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. That happened for yeah. a reason. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think if nothing else, and, you know, we, again, we've covered a lot of subjects. Right. And I've tried, I've dabbled in some of the techniques or in some of the beliefs or in some of the theories. Right. I've dabbled in them and we'll get into those just a little bit more. But I have to say, just learning about them, just hearing that they exist, yeah. that education, I guess. Mm -hmm has just made me more understanding of my grief journey in general. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, it has kind of made me grow and kind of led me forward a little bit more each time. Right. Because it's given me something else to think about, something to research if I chose to do right. that. Just another possibility. Yeah. To, to help. So I think... You know, for people that are stuck, you might consider something like that. There's got to be something out there that makes you curious. Right. Maybe just go through the list of our episode names yeah. and see. Yeah. Uh, one in particular that I think shocked both of us mm -hmm. was in June of 2021, 
our guest was Karen Shaw yes. from England, from Great Britain. And it was the energy alignment method. Mm-hmm. And I remember she had us try it. Mm-hmm. And it is based on the fact that our bodies are energy. Yep. We're filled with energy. And sometimes the energy can kind of get misdirected, misled. Some of the energy bands, if you will, will kind of cross over and it gets like a traffic jam. Right. And sometimes that's what happens to us. So she had this little practice for us. I can't describe it very well. So you'll just have to go back and listen to the episode. But you stood up and you told the truth and you stayed standing right there. But when you told a lie, like my name is Agnes, right? the energy in your body would kind of tip you to the back. And it was almost a feeling like you were going to fall. It was so bizarre. (laughs) It was bizarre. (laughs) But I have to say, you know, there's a lot of truth in that. I got Karen's book Mm -hmm. and I read about it more. I had never really delved into that whole area of chakras and the, the parts of our body that have the different energies and all that. I had never really delved into that. So I have to say, even though I love science, Mm -hmm. it was very confusing for Mm -hmm. me. And a lot of it was very difficult to believe. But I cannot take away from the fact that when I would try it, it happened. I know. (laughs) So, so and the entire premise is that if you get used to what they call your sway, you can ask questions even about a previous life. Mm -hmm. And I tried that. With Karen's guidance, actually, Karen and I worked together for, oh, probably four or five different sessions. And she helped me delve into some things like my weight. And we discovered that my weight was caused by something way back in a previous life. Now, Hmm. you know, you can expel those beliefs and that energy and everything and the whole energy alignment method. But I'm going to encourage you, if this is a curiosity for you, go back to our episode in June 2021, the energy alignment method with Kieran Shaw. And when she has Stephanie stand up and try this, Mm -hmm. you try it too. And if you don't sway back, (laughs) you let me know. (laughs) That to me was fascinating. Um, you know, it, the whole process involves affirmations day after day after day and everything like that. I'm just not a person who can change a lot of my habits. I've just never been <laughs> successful at that. So it was a difficult go for me. But for other people that may be more disciplined than I, and I know there's tons of you out there, <laughs> this, might, this might be a good option for you to explore. If it just makes you curious, check it yeah. out. Check it out. Um, Gary Rowe has been a guest of ours, I think, three times now. I think four. He's an author four times. We love having mm-hmm. him. He has such a natural, comfortable way of talking about grief that he's just so soothing mm-hmm. to me. And he just always makes me feel better. Yep. So if you just want the experience of just listening, closing your eyes and listening to someone that will make you feel better, Catch one of our episodes with Gary Rowe, or maybe catch one of his books. Yeah. He's, he's got some really, really good books. Let's see. What else did we talk about? What comes to mind for you right away? Oh. What'd you land on? 
Ada Mae Brown. Oh, yes. This was an, she was another one that, man, at first, you know, that's the psychic mediums. That's one of those things very similar to the energy. It's like, you know, do you believe in that? Things like that. And we talk about how we are skeptics and. I uh-huh. was a skeptic, I think, and but hearing her talk was interesting about the things that you know she's she's had and readings that she's done for people and everything. But I think it was the second time we had her back after we shut down our uh, <laughs> shut down our recording with her that she yeah. um oh it was at the end of the recording she said something and man did it hit me I don't even remember what it was but it hit me and hit me hard. And when we stopped the recording, she basically was telling me signs that she was seeing. And I was just like, what? Whoa. And she was hearing, she was hearing a message for you, for you specifically. And I could tell by the look on your face that it had a huge impact. Yeah. In fact, it had such an impact that Ada Mae sent an email later apologizing if her unexpected message to you had upset you. Uh, No, it it did not upset me. It shocked me um, because it was all truth. And um, I remember her telling me that I needed to get a, um, a blue stone and a, was it a hematite? Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, you know, just hold on to them to help keep you grounded. And Uh she said, get outside and just, just be with nature and just keep yourself grounded because I was just going through a lot of stress and anxiety and everything. And of course I am now too. So, but I have to say, I went out and I got myself a hematite uh, little necklace and I don't know when I just, I wear it, it just, it's just comforting to me. I just feel like yeah, that little stone that I wear around my neck is just comforting, but man, man, did that make me a believer that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if, if you're yeah. skeptic, um, I I do highly recommend Ada Mae Brown. Right. Have a session with her and just see. I think it'll really open your eyes. And and one of our listeners did schedule um, a reading with her and got back to me afterward and said, described Ada Mae is a bit quirky, (laughs) but spot on. Yeah. And said it was extremely worthwhile. And since then has had a couple more readings with Ada Mae Brown. Um, she's a delightful person to talk to and she's lots of fun and we, she makes us smile and she makes us laugh as well with her examples and everything, (laughs) but she was helpful. Uh, I'm a huge skeptic, not so skeptical now. She actually described for us initially the difference between spirits and Mm -hmm. ghosts. And that was very helpful to me. Um, it made a lot more sense and actually helped me believe a little bit more in this whole concept about some kind of an afterlife. Right. Uh, and the people that have crossed over, yep. as the phrase she uses, that are there kind of watching out for all mm-hmm. of us and kind of keeping an eye on us and everything. So those those sessions were really, really yeah. helpful for me. And, and I just love yeah. them. I just love them. We do like talking about different cultures. And we did talk about Dias de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I'm going to say about that is it's not Mexican Halloween. (laughs) It is a much more meaningful celebration. And I think is something that you could introduce to children 
because it's going to seem festive to them. Right. And it's a great perspective for them to start to understand death and grief. Yeah, it's a little bit and more I of a positive uh, type thing. Exactly. I mean, it's all going to happen. We're all going to die. Um, and right. not, not keep it. That's the whole point of our podcast is to make this a common subject that you talk about freely and not something that we, you know, it's hush hush, or we don't want to talk about that till it happens. Exactly. Get it out in the open. Yeah, I couldn't conversation right. 20 years ago. Never, right. never. Um, we talked about, oh, our pets. Our mm. pets are so special yep. to us. You know, from the time I was little, I've had a dog in my life. There was Scrappy. Then there was Fritz. Mm -hmm. And then with Stephanie, we got Bo. And then, oh, then there was Raina yep. and Gizmo. And just, yep. you know, our furry friends are special. And Rob Guttrow was a guest on our podcast. Yeah. And he actually can, by virtue of email, and if you send him a photo of your pet, I think for the mere price of $10, so, yeah. which he winds up donating to Animal yeah. Rescue, he will seek out and get a message for you from your departed furry mm -hmm. friend. So that's another one. And and his uh, his episode was called Messages from Our Furry Friends and yeah. More. And he also went further into that discussion of ghosts versus spirits, which was very, very yeah. helpful. We talked about self-care a lot, a lot. Yep. And in one of those episodes, we talked about yoga. Yeah. Now, I tried chair yoga. Mm -hmm. I wish I had, you know, I wish I knew about yoga 30 years ago. <laughs> I might have been more successful at it. But right now, you know, I it's hard to even motivate me to get yeah. out. But Stephanie, you had fun at yoga. Yeah. And I love your story about your last few yeah. minutes because you're not one to just relax. No, and do not nothing. at all. I'm never one to relax. And my doctor, my chiropractor, they all know that. Um, <laughs> and it's just the, you know, I sat down in the beginning of the class. I was nervous. It was my first class. I'm like, I am not flexible. I'm going to laugh. I can't be quiet. Like, you know, and this girl came in, sat down next to me and she was like, I'm looking forward to the last 20 minutes when we just lay down and do nothing. She's like, it's like a nap. And I was like, what? And I just couldn't, I was like, that's part of our exercise. I feel like I need to be burning calories here. And uh, <laughs> we got to that part. And when I really had to make myself listen to the soft music and listen to the instructor's um, very monotone, relaxing voice, and I I had to really force myself to relax. But once I got there, um, I was like, yeah, okay, that's really fantastic. <laughs> that was a good 20 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, the yeah. practice is really good. And, you know, the more you do it, the better you become. But yeah, I'm in the process of getting a yeah. TV in my basement so I can do some yoga down there again because I've missed it over the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a brave it and 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 try it from the chair yeah. version because I might even venture getting down on the floor at one point for that last <laughs> twenty minutes. Uh, that might be worth it for me. It might be worth it. Um, and the last thing I kind of want to mention was a very recent episode of ours, and we talked about imaginal psychology. Mm -hmm. And I want to give you an update on this. And I had never heard of imaginal psychology, so I had to research it. But basically. It is a type of psychology that helps you use expressive arts, whether it be drawing, painting, writing, any way of expressing your own inner thoughts, so to speak. Now, the first thing 
I do when I hear of a term I've never heard before is research. Yep. Google is my best friend. <laughs> Google and Amazon are my are both right. my buddies, in fact, because I have to know more about it. So I kind of dig into it. I used to think part of it was because I'm that skeptic, mm. you know, but it's difficult for me sometimes to think, wait, I think I know so much, mm -hmm. but here's something I right. don't know. So I dig in and I self-educate myself. Well, Dr. Shanti McCabe has a bereavement workshop that uses imaginal psychology. One of my secret wishes is to, to dabble in art a little bit more. I can write. No problem there. I always revert to writing. <laughs> but I wanted to be able to draw something, you know, something meaningful. Right. And I think of those old TV shows with, what's his name? Bob, Bob Ross. whoever, that did all the, yeah, Bob <laughs> Ross, that did all the landscapes and everything. And I've been to some of those painting with a twist classes right. or whatever, which they tell you brush stroke by brush stroke what to do. But I wanted to be able to have a blank piece of paper, a blank canvas in front of me and, and draw something. And I thought, well, this would be a, a unique way to kind of delve more into my own grief at this mm -hmm. point, almost four years after Tom has died. Because overall, I think I'm really doing mm -hmm. great. Yeah. <laughs> Second class in. I'm sobbing. Oh. <laughs> because we had to do a soul collage about our person. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't sobbing through the whole time I created <laughs> it. Until I bravely opted to share yeah. it with the class. It was voicing. Yes, putting it out there. My memory. Yeah. I was difficult. Yeah. Fine looking at it. I was fine remembering yeah. it. But when I had to share it with others, that's where yep. I broke. Now, in part of this workshop, we talk about archetypes. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, archetypes. I've heard the term, <laughs> but here I go again. I don't get it. I don't get it. And and Dr. Linda's talking about the archetypes we have and do a soul collage on your archetypes and everything like that. I said, okay, I've definitely got some studying to do. <laughs> So after that session, Google and I sat down <laughs> with a cup of mold cider and I went online. And of course, you know, all these personality tests they have on Facebook mm -hmm. and everything. Well, there are online tests at some archetype okay. pages that will help you discover what kind of archetype oh. you are. Now, an archetype was kind of, I won't say invented, but the term was kind of really explored and everything by Carl okay. Jung, who is one of the psychologists that is probably the most mm -hmm. famous, J-U-N-G, Carl Jung. And these archetypes are types of behaviors. Mm -hmm. So it's like your personality in the form of behavior. Okay. okay. And it's the things you do, the way you act and everything without really thinking about right. them. It's kind of just deep within right. you. Okay. So, of course, being the person I am and doing all the research I always <laughs> do, I could not rely on one right. result. <laughs> I had to go to three different sites <laughs> so I could compare the results. Guess what my main archetype what? is? The sage. The sage. Which is the intellectual, the intellectual person that has to do all the research. <laughs> well, at least it was truthful. <laughs> I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> there was a second. Now, there's, there were three on two of the sites. It gave you like three main mm -hmm. archetypes. Okay. And you can explore each of those mm -hmm. further. My second 
primary was creative. Yeah. Okay. This is my daughter that's saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my third primary was advocate. Oh, yeah. Hello. I'm surprised that's <laughs> not number one, though. But And yeah. one of the types of advocate is what's called the wounded healer. Mm. And it's the person who takes on mm -hmm. a passion or a drive or a topic, a focus, if you yep. will, because they themselves yep. are healing from that very issue. Yep. yep. Again, hello. Yep. So now Here's I, your am sign. More, <laughs> I am digging more into archetypes. Yeah. Because, hello, everybody. This is me. Yeah. Huh. And as part of the soul collages for this group, there are Greek, Roman, Norse gods and goddesses yeah. that uh, personify this type of archetype. Right. So now I'm trying to connect them, so to speak. Now, the Greek goddess Hera, mm -hmm. H-E-R-A, is the sage. Mm -hmm. So she's she's my goddess. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that information yet. <laughs> But I'm delving more into it. So more later, maybe, about archetypes. Yeah. But this was something that I was curious about. Now, just as an aside to everybody else, Stephanie, don't listen to this. I'm going to bet that Stephanie's going to be curious about this, too. Because, I am. after all, Stephanie's my daughter. I just have She's to find the time up. to look it all up. Well, it only, you know, it only took a few minutes to take the test. Uh-huh. It was, it was fun, but... It's more believable than some of those Facebook tests. Well, yeah, those are, yeah, those are ridiculous. Like sometimes right? I'll click on them and I get the same thing that someone else got. And I was like, right. I'm not the same person as them. <laughs> right, right. Discussions about archetypes can be done by psychologists and everything. Huh. And you might even ask, Stephanie, yeah. get, your sons, get your sons to take these tests. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It might be interesting. Hmm. Anyway, you know, it's our least favorite time because <laughs> we've, we've talked our way right through yeah. a half hour and a bit more. So I know today was unusual, everyone. And to me, it was just as much fun because we got to do kind of like a retrospective yeah. of where we are and where we've come. And I know personally for me, and then I'll let Stephanie pipe in too. Personally, for me, it has been all these people that we have met and spoken with. It has been all of these concepts, all of these treatments, theories, ideas, modalities, books. You know, we've had many authors. They have all helped me in my personal grief journey. Yeah. Yes, I still sob if I have to talk about Tom aloud and recall some memories, some memories, mm -hmm. not all. Hot sauce will always make me laugh. <laughs> but I feel that just learning, listening yeah. to others has helped me grow. So maybe it'll help you too. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, how about you? I think that is, I mean, the network of people that we have out there now um, is just amazing. And I think when we're trying to be advocates for other people, we um we're name dropping or buying those books for these people because we know right. that this this little piece to that puzzle is going to help them get through and then from just for my own um experience just 
all the different things that are out there. I don't think I ever would have researched it or tried to find it or tried it, any of it, um, or even opened my mind to it. Um, and I'm that type of person that always, I want to see the other side of like, what works for you? Oh, how did you do that? Um, just the different ways of healing just were really opened up um, and talking about it. Yeah, it's still not easy and it never will be be easy right. to talk right. about. But I think that you just have these extra ways and the fact that you talk about it more makes it a little bit easier each time. Yeah, there's going to be certain things you talk about that just hit you. And it's all going to mm -hmm. depend on circumstances at that time as well. Right. Um, right. I know I have my moments that are higher for my anxiety or whatever, and it's going to hit me harder then. Whereas another time I could probably talk about it and laugh or smile um, and then maybe go cry later by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, just being open to all these things and talking about it more. I think kind of relieves some of my anxiety and just gets it out there a little more. And the biggest part I think is hearing other people that they have been grieving and dealing with this for years as well. And it still hurts mm -hmm. them. So I don't feel strange or like I'm holding on too much. Um, right. It's okay to hold on and keep carrying on. Um, but I don't feel like kind of a strange person that I'm the only one that's kind yeah. of holding on to this. Everybody is. We just right. don't know because we're not talking about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we don't say we're going to get over it. Right. You're never going to get over your no. grief. You're going to learn to live with it. Yep. You're going to absorb it into your life. You may create a new life for yourself, mm -hmm. but that grief is always going to be there. Yeah. So we have to live with it. And that, everybody, is why our podcast is called as I live and grieve. Join us next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.